This podcast is for educational purposes only. The content of this podcast should not be used to diagnose, treat or cure any medical condition. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical expertise or treatment. If you or any other person has a medical concern, you should consult with your healthcare provider or seek other professional medical treatment. Welcome to the Healthy Habit Hot Seat, where we chat to extraordinary humans and world-leading health experts to dive deep into the intricacies of the daily healthy habits that have shaped their success. Remember, success leaves clues, right? I'm your host and resident healthy habit coach, Loz Antonenko, and I cannot wait to help you re-energize your life so you too can create opportunity, vitality, and abundance to become the master of your own incredible healthy destiny. Now, let's get into today's conversation. I am thrilled to speak with Dr. John D. Martini again today. He is someone who has dedicated his life to the study and understanding of universal laws. Today, I turn the tables on the good doctor and dive deep into the daily intricacies of his habits and routines to learn more about his goals and strategies for happiness and abundance. In the previous episode, you spoke to us about your healthiest habit being that you drank a lot of water in the day. And I'm sure our audience would love to know, do you... Dr. John D. Martini, have any bad habits? I don't think in terms of moral goods and bad so much in my life. I have habits that there, there's a spectrum of people on the planet with different values. And if I have somebody, I meet somebody that has similar values to me, they'll look at me as dedicated, perseverant, determined, consistent, focused. But if I meet somebody that has a complete opposite set of values, and thinks what I'm doing is insignificant or wrong in their values. They'll see me as pig-headed, rigid, stubborn, unwilling to change, stuck. So in your daily practice, is there any daily habits to do with your vitality, your health and your long-term wellness that you'd like to shift? Or do you think you're doing life pretty well? I don't have a, a regret to I want to shift anything. I'm grateful for my life. I feel that when I feel I have a need something, I just go do it. Excellent. If I feel like I'm not getting enough exercise, I reschedule my system so I get my exercise. You know, if I feel like I'm not getting the food I do, I'll just pay somebody to go get it. You know, I'm not, I don't see those side things in the, in the way of what I want to do. So you host live events weekly all around the world. Do you have some sort of morning routine to maintain a level of homeostasis in your biorhythm? You know, because I travel so consistently, I don't think I have a typical biorhythm. <laughs> I mean, I flew in from Dublin and I got in here the night, Friday night, and then I did those two days full on. I don't get jet lag. I've not ever recovered or had to deal with that kind of stuff. I just go in there and as long as I get a bit of rest, I'm, I'm running. And I don't know if I have a typical daily routine because I don't stay in one place. But I, my routine in the morning is... I usually make uh, the hotel wake me up. I tell them I want a certain time. Sometimes I'm up right there just spontaneously. But sometimes because of my schedule at time hours, I have them do that. I don't carry a cell phone. I don't use a cell phone. So I'm uh, kind of a freak on that because I don't like the distractions of the cell phone. I see people living their whole life by it. And I'll get up and then I'll go through. I have a, a journal that I don't have right here on my computer there. And I keep records of everything I'm grateful for. 
So you'll be typed in there in this interview. It'll go in there today. And all the things that I have the opportunity to do, all the people I meet, I'll be glad to show it to you. I keep record of. Love to say it. And that way I do that. And before I go to bed, I'm now grateful because these are all the things of gratitude. And then in the morning, I run through those again. And then I, I already know my priorities. I wrote down my priorities every single day, the highest priority actions I could do each day because I asked that question. And then after a while, I found out what were the highest priorities of the highest priorities. And then I delegated everything else out so I don't have anything else to do but the highest priorities. And that liberates us from a lot of self-depreciating activities every day. Mm, that's fascinating. How many hours sleep do you get on average per night? Obviously, it could be disrupted. And you just spoke about your bedtime ritual. So as part of that, you journal. Um, so what does your ritual look like? Could you just run us through that? Well, I usually the last thing I'm doing usually is doing that journal, that yeah. gratitude journal. It's called the State of My Mission book. It's 5,000 pages of nothing but gratitude and my goals and objectives. But sometimes I research a lot. I'm spending time reading constantly. So I'll either learn or do my gratitudes before I hit the sack because I like having creative ideas going to bed. And I, I like to have gratitude, attitude, and creative ideas before I go to bed because then I mull those over and come up with usually innovative ideas by the morning. And I have things that I'm grateful for. And that starts the day. So you speak about how most people use meditation as a form of escape rather than as an experience of deep love and intrinsic connection. Can you describe your go-to meditative practice? Well, I don't... I studied many different meditation techniques since 1972, starting with alpha meditation and studied yana yoga meditation and I studied TM and all those kind of things. Many of them. I don't know, maybe 20 different meditation techniques. I just kind of synthesize them and put them into the Demartini variable meditation technique. I don't have this thing that I ritual that I think, oh, I have to do this. I've learned about breathing. I've learned about focus. I, I've learned a lot about that. So I can be on a plane and I can meditate. I could be in my room. I could be standing in an elevator and meditate or quick meditation. I know how to go into a deep meditative state pretty quick. I just find that many people are having challenge and they go, oh, I need to meditate and kind of escape the challenge. I'd rather go and find the hidden order in the thing that I thought was a challenge, discover the hidden order in the chaos. So there's nothing there to escape. There's something to appreciate. And that allows you to have less noise in the brain and more into the meditative state quickly. So for just shy of half a century, one of your daily mantras has been, I am a genius and I apply my wisdom. These simple words have had a profound impact on the way you live your life. What's your position on the trend of using extrinsic personal development tools such as affirmation cards and vision boards? Well, the word affirmation means the condition of firmness in one's mind. And a statement, a peppy little positive statement does not do that. It actually polarizes the minds and causes volatility. Because if you said, I'm always happy, I'm never sad, your bullshit meter would go off really quick. Yeah. But if you said, whether I'm supported or challenged, whether I feel praised or reprimanded, I'm grateful for I know that they're both in synchronicity and they're guiding me to my most authentic self. So I use statements that remind me of principles that are true that you can live your life by and use those as reminders to live efficiently, more so than set up fantasies in my life of one-sided outcomes. The addiction to one side breeds a bipolar nature. The Buddha says the desire for that which is unavailable and the desire to avoid that which is unavoidable is a source of human suffering. 
So we suffer when we pursue fantasies and we create nightmares as a result. Mm. True objectives, which means even-minded, are more meaningful. They're the mean between the polarities. So I'd rather set a real objective and put a statement together that's more grounded and more objective. So then you remind yourself of the principles that allow you to achieve the things you desire to achieve. What about vision boards? Do you use visual representations of goals that you want to achieve? Because obviously a goal is just a dream with a plan. Well, because I travel, I don't carry a vision board. Yeah. I have a vision book. Yeah, right. And my vision book is on my computer and occasionally I print it. But the vision book is filled with pictures. I'll give you an example. I had a dream to travel to every country and to teach. So what I did is I figured that most likely I would be in big cities most of the time. So I made a collection of all large cities that had 3 million population up to 35 million population, prioritized those alphabetically, and then had a goal to go to those cities to teach. So I went and looked at ballrooms and the great hotel ballrooms, convention centers and theaters of these cities and looked at the major places, the most probable places I would speak at. And then I cut and paste that off the internet when the internet came along. And then so I have the city and I have the places and I just read the city and look at that. And then I keep records of all the cities I've spoken in, which is 2037 now. And I will then also write down the cities that I've actually achieved, the ones that are in the making. So I'm a very metric-oriented guy. I keep records of the goals because I found that when I'm really committed to a goal, I want to find out what I'm doing and not doing that's moving me closer to that goal. Because success leaves clues. Yeah. And so I I ask myself, what is it I would absolutely love to do in life? How do I get handsomely and beautifully paid to do it? What are the highest priority actions I can do today that will move me a step towards manifesting that? What obstacles might I run into and what do I do to solve them in advance? What worked, what didn't work today? How do I do it more effectively and efficiently tomorrow? And how did whatever I experienced today, how did it help me get my goal? It makes such sense when you break it down like that. And I think the biggest struggle for people is they should all over themselves. I think that was a a quote I got from Tony Robbins. And, you know, I should do this and I should do that. But unless you're planning and strategizing and and really visualizing putting yourself in that place, you know, if you're wanting to speak in an auditorium with 10,000 people, you put all the pieces of the puzzle in place so that you can make that happen. Yeah. Optimize your hormones with B Spunky and B Genki supplements. Choose between Reboot for Men and Balance for Women, or try Recover to improve your recovery from daily stress and exercise. These all natural and organic Australian made nutraceuticals are designed to offer stress relief, improve strength and stamina, enhance drive, and overall well being. Their formulas contain a unique blend of natural and organic herbs and active ingredients. The highest performance leaders and trainers are already taking these amazing TGA-listed supplements, so wait no more. Visit bespunky.com.au or begenki.com.au and use code LOSLIFE to get a 10% discount. So you're the master of playing to your strengths by outsourcing tasks that aren't conducive to your highest values and life purpose. How did you start to align your purpose with your passion? Well, etymologically, the word passion means to suffer. Interesting. Most most people don't know that. For some reason, since 1985, when the passion for excellence came out with Tom Peters and the, the woman, 
there was a change in its meaning. And today people think that, you know, they now think that passion's your enthusiastic, you know, driven kind of self. But passion means to suffer. Compassion means to suffer with somebody. So I don't consider myself a compassionate individual or passionate individual. I'm a man on a mission. A mission is different than a passion. An inspired mission is what I do, not so much a passion. Passion means ungoverned, uncontrolled pursuit of a one-sided outcome that elates, and it's ungovernable. So that's the reason why the Buddha says the desire for that which is unavailable and the desire to avoid that which is unavoidable is a source of human suffering because if you strive for a one-sided life and ignore the other side of life, you're going to suffer. Mm. So that's where passion meant. So I don't ha- I'm not a passionate individual. I'm more of an inspired missionary. I love that. You're driven by what inspires you the most, and you seem to get a lot done. What are your top three tips for daily purposeful productivity? Well... If you ask yourself, Gary Keller wrote a book called The One Thing. I just read it before I read yours. It's a great book. He was talking about how important it is to find that one thing. My one thing is teaching. And I research every day for the sake of that. There's nothing I prefer to do more than that. That's what I love doing. I don't have a desire to get away from it. I don't need to escape it. I don't need a vacation from it. It is a vacation. So if you ask yourself repeatedly, what do you spontaneously do that nobody has to remind you to do because your highest value is a spontaneously called intrinsic value and highest value that you automatically do. If you identify what you spontaneously do that you love doing that makes a contribution to humanity and focus on that and delegate everything else away, you have an amazing life. But most people, what they do is they, they live in shoulds and ought tos and got tos and have tos and must because they're subordinating to outer authorities and injecting the super egos of other people into their life that supersedes their own higher self and dilutes the power, that potential that they have innately wanting to express. And so they end up uh, scattering themselves and fragmenting themselves instead of integrating themselves and focusing themselves. And if they just stick to the highest priority actions every day, their self-worth goes up, their achievements go up, their confidence goes up. Their willingness to receive goes up and gives goes up. And they're more objective and more manageable because the blood glucose and oxygen goes into the executive center of the brain where inspired vision, strategic planning, executing plans, and self-governance is mastered. So just prioritizing your life. If you don't fill your day with high-priority actions that inspire you, your day fills up with low-priority distractions that don't. And the low-priority distractions that don't create chaos in your life as a feedback to let you know you're in a direction that's not you. Mm. You're inauthentic. Mm. So the most authentic identity you can wrap your brain around, your ontological being is the highest value. So I just stick to that. That's it. If the person just does that every day, their life changes. Do you time block? Well, in a day, I've delegated that, believe it or not. I have my day. I've, I've made a list of all the priorities. I have a higher priority list. Out of all the things I can do as far as teaching, there's so many things I can do teaching. I can teach in keynote speeches to large audiences. I can teach to seminars that are more moderate audiences. I can do workshops, which are smaller audiences. I can do webinars. I can do podcasts. I can do uh, radio. I can do television. I can do social media interviews. There's a list of all the medias that have been prioritized and all the way down to individual consulting, speaking one-on-one, that's still teaching. So I've got every list of forms of teaching that is available, all prioritized, handed to a team, their job is to fill my day according to priority and rearrange if something comes in that's more priority to shift priorities 
to fill my day with the highest priority things. So I even delegate my own priorities over to people so I don't have to think about that. That's just filled. Do you schedule thinking time? They automatically have a certain amount of time for my research that's mm. in there. That's, that's a given. Is that a morning or an evening thing for you? It varies. It varies, it varies because yeah. sometimes I tell them that my research is important, but if I get an opportunity, like I got an opportunity to speak to 250 million people in a Russia, a Russian television for an hour, and they want to do it at strange hours. So I would say if those types of things, because of the priorities, I put my research in priority so they know that if all of a sudden something like that is surfaces, they'll rearrange that and I'll do my research at a different time. So they, they know my priorities. It's been outlined. Their job is to fill my day with the priorities. So what's the one thing you're focusing on this week and what measures will you put in place to give it energy? Well, I'm, I'm finishing up some magazine summaries. I'm writing some articles that I do because I write for 1,400 magazines around the world. And then what I do is I also am working on a book on, you might say it's astrophysics, but it's a, it's a journey of a human consciousness to star. It's the relationship of intelligence on a planet into stars. And people go, what's that about? But it's a really amazing thing. It's basically how intelligence is stored in atomic structures and how atomic structures are conserved and how they are moving through space and moving through the solar system and the galaxies and recycled. And it's a unitarity principle in physics that Stephen Hawking yes. was mentioning as before he passed. I recently had the opportunity to be involved in a movie with Stephen Hawking. I just filmed for that in London the other day. And that was very inspiring. Because I had written a book on astrophysics, two volumes on astrophysics, a thousand-page textbook, two-volume text on astrophysics. So I, I work in that area too. Yeah. Wow. You're amazing. Like you just you just get everything done. You just get well, it done. Well, I, I I surround myself with people that help me get a lot of things done. Yeah. So you spoke about how for your 65th birthday you're going to go surfing. Yeah. I know you'd consider yourself a teacher, but really you're a surfer at heart. What's the most challenging break you've mastered and why was it such a challenge? Well, I don't know if I've mastered any break. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, this could be a hypothetical question, the, yeah. the, the waves of life, the breaks of life, but it could be a very literal question. My, my surfing career started when I was nine and uh, they had big clunking boards in those days. And the very first time I ever got up onto a board, for some reason, I was able to ride a wave. I don't know how, just did it. I can't say that I was ever in the top tiers of surfing. I did get in a book called High Surf, which is a noted book on the surfing. I did get into three movies in surfing. I did ride up to 40-foot face waves, and I have some pictures of that. But I can't say that I was ever in the competitive market. It's a mission for you to help others connect with their highest purpose. On a personal level, You've helped me unlock the handbrakes on my own life just to get on with it and really set meaningful goals. And I'd really love to know what's your most ambitious goal for 2020 and how are you going to make it a reality? Well, I'm going to present my program on the relationship between intention, conscious, consciousness and the solar system. I'm going to be doing that. Uh, so that's something I'll probably have a couple hundred people attend that from around the world. I will... I'm working on another book on grief. I've developed a methodology that's been studied in university on, on grief resolution. I have a very incredible track record on that one. And I think that's a, a, an inspiring contribution because I've found a science on duplicatable, reproducible system to be able to dissolve grief in just a matter of a couple hours. And I've done 3,556 deaths, grief processes, 
Katie University says we've never had anything with 100% record on it. And so I'm publishing a book on that. And um, I've got more countries to get to. I'm doing um, Cambodia. I'll be in Sri Lanka. I'm doing Istanbul. So I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm always researching, writing, and I'm doing some more movies and films. Dr. Martini, I just want to finally say your website is an incredible resource for people to tap into everything you stand for. You have countless courses, books, and a plethora of digital content for people to learn more about what it is that you actually do and how you can help them unlock their potential to live extraordinary lives. For people who have just commenced their journey towards deep transformation, where can you suggest they start? If they go to the website, they can spend hours on their learning. But the first thing I would do is have them go to the value determination segment and do their value determination and do that now, do it a week from now, do it a month from now, and do it three months from now. And every three months, do it again. Because what that does is it holds you accountable to look objectively at what your life demonstrates is truly important to you. So you have a foundation to set priorities by that is grounded not because of what society expects, but what your heart directs. And in so doing, you'll end up building up a momentum, an incremental momentum of greater achievement. So I would go there first on the website and then work around that. Excellent. And the website is drdmartini.com. Thank you so much, Dr. John D. Martini. I'm absolutely stoked and from a place of deep gratitude and love, I just want to say thank you. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Healthy Habit Hot Seat. Make sure to visit loslife.com where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Google Podcasts and Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, I'd be stoked with a five-star rating on iTunes. Better still, tell a friend and share the love. If you loved this episode, you might want to check out my book, The Healthy Habit Handbook, available in soft cover, ebook and audio form on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press and all good bookstores. Be sure to tune in for our next episode for your fortnightly dose of inspiration from some of the world's most successful and healthy lifestyle masters. Remember, stay inspired. I'm Loz Antonenko and ciao for now. Music